1: And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. Do you like boats? Do you like big boats? Do you like poor people and the rich people they serve on big boats? Are you always like, what goes on below deck?
2: Hi, this is Anna Hosnier
1: and Nick Turner,
2: the hosts of Deckheads, and we want to take you on a fun and goofy adventure.
1: In this binge-style podcast, we will watch and recap every episode of Bravo's Below Deck and all of its spin-offs.
2: And we're going to release an episode a day so you can watch along with us and listen to our silly daily recaps.
1: Listen to Deckheads on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This
0: is Molly and I smell great today. Oh, I was waiting for my intro. Molly just jumped right in there. I actually think I could uh, use this deodorant right now. That's all I wanted you to share. Was I'm not going to lie. Your self-assessment on how you smelled. You know, I gotta be honest, Molly. I could probably use a little deodorant, okay? Be honest with you. I mean, That's it's not bad. I'm not wafting.
2: Such a perfect lead-in since we're gonna talk about deodorant. Yes. Lots of questions about deodorant. Yeah. So we're just gonna we're gonna try and cover them all. Yes. First thing I've always wondered, is there a difference between men's deodorant and women's deodorant? Because men's deodorant, I have to from a personal point of view, I would say when you're walking down the deodorant aisle, they look a little scarier. They're so much bigger, bigger.
0: wide, yeah, huge, yeah.
2: But have you ever noticed, Kristen, that they are sometimes less expensive than our dainty little floral deodorants? Yeah, they are a lot cheaper. And um, so, I actually found an article from the CBC, they have a street scent show where they talk about economics and what you should pay for stuff. And they found that um, in stores, there were a lot of places where men's deodorant were priced. You know, cheaper than female deodorant. And in this day and
0: age, that matters. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because, uh, as the, what is it? Secret, the secret tagline, strong enough for a man, yet pH balance for a woman. I mean, don't we need that special pH balance? Shouldn't we pay a dollar mean? more?
2: Apparently not, because if you look at the ingredients list, um, the active ingredient in two deodorants, one for men and one for women, are usually the same and in the exact
0: same quantity. Wow. The only difference is smell. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it I think it is largely a, Marketing ploy that men need a certain kind of deodorant and women need another kind of deodorant.
2: I mean, there are only so many underarms, so they've got to figure out a way to get deodorant on as many underarms as possible.
0: Yeah, according to the article, which I believe you wrote, Molly, for HowStuffWorks.com called Do Men and Women Need Different Deodorants? Men's deodorants aren't stronger in any other way or different than women's deodorants. So um, secret, I don't know about that secret tagline.
2: It all comes down to how you want to smell. And according to Forbes, 70% of men would like to smell more like their
0: girlfriends because that is how many men of men who use deodorant use deodorants that are geared toward women. Well, the interesting thing is, too, in the early 90s, unisex deodorants were uh, really popular. They made up a third of the marketplace. But today they only account for 10% of sales. Obviously, these companies really honed in on this idea of, you know, the niche for a uh, men's deodorant and for women's deodorant really hammered at home. And now we, you know, I head towards the the light curvy bottles, you know, while my brother probably goes for the, those wide, huge canisters of old spice stuff.
2: Yeah. You want to buy something that you feel is made, especially for you. And, you know, the more, you know, specific it is, if they've identified that girls love smell of Fresh Laundry, mm-hmm. which I believe is, a, de- is that a deodorant scent or a detergent scent.
0: I'm sure there's some deodorant out there called Fresh Laundry Scent. Oh, well, anyway, um, they figure out that women like it more, so that's the one they'll buy. Mm-hmm. And a uh, deodorant was first introduced in the marketplace in the 1950s. And back then, it, the, the kind of roll-on uh, type was really popular. But men uh, didn't like it so much because their underarm hairs would get caught up in the in the rolly ball. Yeah. And and so that's why the solid stick or gel is far more popular with the men folk.
2: So I think that was the biggest difference I found writing this article is that um men probably don't want the one that's like your ballpoint pen with the rolly ball. But men and
0: women do sweat a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um men might smell more than a woman does. So they do need different um, fragrances to cover up maybe the odor because their odor is usually stronger according to the Manel Chemical Senses Center.
2: And also their, their odor is harder to cover up when women smell them. I mean, we've talked about this before, about mm-hmm. how women can just sniff out exactly who they're meant to be with. And um, the thought was, based on these findings, is that fewer chemicals cover up the man's smell, while 25 chemicals um, will cover up a female smell.
0: Yeah so i think you know the active ingredient that we were talking about earlier probably had to do more with antiperspirant and controlling the sweat whereas the odor was a different different type of
2: thing and that's what a deodorant covers if you've ever wondered the difference between antiperspirant and deodorant a deodorant is just meant to shield that smell and the smell is not actually the smell of your sweat it's the bacteria that live on your skin mm-hmm. they feast on the sweat and that's what causes body odor sweat itself is pretty pretty smellless yeah, it doesn't
0: really smell that, yeah
2: you know Kristen just held her arm up to her and smelled it. <laughs> <laughs> Not that my hand is sweaty right now, but an antiperspirant, uh, is what will actually stop you from sweating altogether. Now, there
0: have been studies that show that people feel like they sweat all the time. Yeah, there are certain uh, hormonal changes that can happen. Um, you know, adolescence, pregnancy, menopause for women specifically that can just make your just sweat go bonkers. True, Kristen, and let me just commend you on your use of the word bonkers. Thank
2: you. Um, But the fact is we probably all don't sweat as much as we think we do. Like, for example, have you heard of hyperhidrosis, Kristen? I know you have. Yes, it's uh, excessive sweating, I do believe. Yes, apparently, according to um, doctors, only 2% of the population has this. Yet, in studies, 25% of women think that they are sweating heavily, which might lead some women, when they're in that deodorant aisle, already picking out a specially formulated deodorant for themselves to pick up a clinical strength deodorant.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the um, mainstream deodorant lines have started putting out these clinical strength uh, types of deodorant and antiperspirants for people to use. But do you really need that much?
2: Well, let's Because talk- they cost more, obviously. They cost more. And again, unfortunately, it all comes down to sales. Like, yes, they do feature a little bit more of the active ingredient, um that will stop sweating, and you have to apply them. Definitely you should apply them at nighttime so that it gives your uh, your old sweat ducts time to close up. But, I mean, if you look at those statistics, if only 2% of people are actually sweating that much, then only, you know, those people need a clinical strength or a prescription strength deodorant. So maybe we are a
0: little too uh, kind of hyper-aware of our, our sweating. We're yes. a little too concerned about yes. our sweating.
2: That's what marketers are playing into, our fears of showing up at... You know, that old commercial where the girl can't catch the bouquet because she can't raise her armpits because she's so sweaty? That's the worst. That always happens to me. Okay. little <laughs> little personal insight into Kristen there. I do remember... um I get
0: really sweaty at weddings.
2: <laughs> I was always worried when I had to make a presentation in front of my class. Oh, that I'd, you know, raise my arms and reveal sweat. I feel like I get more of the hand sweats if I'm nervous than the pit sweat, <laughs> which is probably why you smelled your hand there a while ago. Just an unnecessary fun fact
0: for everyone listening. Don't ever shake my hand.
2: Kristen, didn't we have that discussion about how we we're going to be
0: more careful with
2: what we shared on the podcast?
0: I just went out the door.
2: <laughs> All right. So basically clinical strength, antiperspirants and deodorants. You may need them. Probably not.
0: But isn't there, there this old idea, kind of like with shampoo, you know, where you're supposed to change it up every now and again or else your, your hair gets used to it. Isn't it supposedly the same thing for your deodorant? Maybe, maybe you're sweating so much, Molly, when you're giving presentations because you just haven't switched your deodorant and your, and your body's like, psh, I know how to get around that stuff. I'm coming out. I'm coming to get you. That's possible. I mean, that's I've
2: anecdotally. I, we just had that conversation about not sharing more anecdotes, but yeah, sometimes you feel like this is not working anymore. This worked really well for a year, and now it's not. So something must be going on, but no one can prove that your body is adjusting to deodorants. It's possible that all those things you mentioned that will make your body go bonkers does affect you from time to time, but not so much that you switch your deodorant.
0: Yeah, you might want to look into what's going on first with uh. Your diet—things like garlic, curry, cumin, caffeine, and sugar—can all bring out some odd odors from your body. Uh, certain medications or medical conditions that you have might make you smell funky. Uh, have you washed your clothes lately? There are probably a lot of other things that you should maybe consider if you if you think that you are smelling a little odd. You got a certain musk you can't get rid of.
2: So that answers that question I've always had that, you know, it's probably not my body getting used to mm-hmm. it. I think one question that people always have when it comes to deodorants and antiperspirants is what are we putting
0: into our bodies? Yeah. I mean, cause f- for instance, with, uh, with women, uh, there's the warning to not apply deodorant right after you shaved your underarms because it'll lead to breast cancer. Well, and it also burns like <laughs> fire. <laughs> but, uh, but that makes me wonder, you know, like if, if this stuff is getting into our bodies, you know, and it is very, In close proximity to our breasts. Mm -hmm. Are we doing damage to ourselves by using all of these chemicals every day?
2: Well, so now the chemicals that you'll find in just your regular non-natural deodorant, that concern people, are aluminum. That's what actually um, plugs up the pores to stop sweats. Mm -hmm. Um, Parabens, which are used in many cosmetics products, but in deodorants. And both of those have been linked to uh, cancer, and aluminum has also been linked to Alzheimer's disease.
0: And then we also have, to round things out, a little thing called triclosan, which is classified as a pesticide by the FDA, which is used in deodorant to kill the odor-causing bacteria.
2: So are we just rubbing poison on our underarms? That is what a lot of chain emails would have had you believe,
0: but all the studies those emails are based on were flawed. Yeah, and this is actually coming from the American Cancer Society. Um, the Mayo Clinic and National Cancer Institute have also kind of come to the same conclusion that more research is needed to, um, you know, to assess the safety of deodorants. But for now, they're pretty much in the clear.
2: Right. Because these studies that found that parabens and aluminum were present in breast cancer tumors never had a control group. Of yes. people who had healthy breast tissue. So scientific method kids always remember you need a control group because they would find that the tumors had these ingredients and then they assumed from that that thus, you know, putting that ingredient on your underarm in close proximity to your breast tissue raised problems, but they would never look at healthy breast tissue to see if aluminum and parabens and the like were also present there. Mm-hmm.
0: And there were other issues with some of these studies as well, such as uh, they wouldn't control for the age groups of the different Participants, because younger women tend to use more deodorant than older women will, and they also start shaving their underarms at an earlier age. Right, so that's that
2: shaving does do these products get into your skin and cause problems. So right now, doctors are saying that, I mean, if you take an antacid, basically you're getting more aluminum into your body than if you put deodorant on for all your life.
0: But nevertheless, Molly, if you are concerned about these chemicals, and you really just don't even want to take the chance, Mm -hmm. natural deodorants. Yeah, there are plenty of options out there. Do they work, though? Do they work? Well, they don't work quite the same because they don't have the aluminum in them, which jams up those pores.
2: Yeah, basically we keep using the word deodorant when we probably should have been more specific antiperspirant right. versus deodorant and if you're going the natural route, you're only going to get a deodorant, something that will disguise the smell of the sweat. You won't get the antiperspirant which will stop you from sweating in the first place. So if you're actually just, I mean if you're one of those people who just as soon as you get sweaty apparently like Kristen in her hand um, and assume there's an odor there, now I'm not saying Kristen assumes My that. My hands
0: don't smell <laughs> it was just funny
2: uh, <sighs> things happen in the studio um Anyway, if you're just conscious about sweat in the first place, then a natural deodorant will be a bigger adjustment to make because you will probably realize you sweat more. Yeah. So maybe don't
0: start using a natural deodorant in the summer. Well, there are all natural crystal deodorants that you can use. Um, and these are dry crystals that will um, kind of uh, coat the underarm mm-hmm. to maybe block out block the sweat from uh, from penetrating it. And instead of using that triclosan, the pesticide, to kill the bacteria, you're going to have things like plant extracts and essential oils to reduce the bacteria count. I mean, I have a feeling that those probably aren't quite as potent as triclosan, but, oh, you know, they probably work. It's probably better to put lavender
2: than triclosan under your arm.
0: Or you can always just do the old DIY thing, a little bit of baking soda up there, sucks right up. Yep. Fun fact from Kristen, she's full of them today. I, I don't know that from experience, but I do know people who have done the, uh, the baking soda route.
2: But it all goes back to if you would rather put something natural under your skin, just know that it's probably going to be more sweat. Yeah, exactly. But that you are putting natural things under there to disguise the smell.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and the, in the crystal deodorants might, if you are worried about sweat, the crystal deodorants might be a way to go. I mean, if you're, if you're a heavy sweater, the crystals aren't going to, aren't going to hold up, but you know for day-to-day stuff. That and
2: it all comes down to personal preference. Maybe we're too trained
0: by all these marketers to
2: think that sweat is a bad thing. Yeah, maybe you don't need deodorant at all. Now, we're not saying this to you specifically, smelly man on the subway out there, because we've all sat next to the smelly man on the
0: subway. But maybe he just needs a shower. Maybe it's not so much about deodorant, Molly. That's true. Yeah. Something to ponder. Just something to think about. Those are my big questions about
2: deodorant. Do you have any other ones, Kristen?
0: Those are really all my questions as well, Molly. But I bet our
2: listeners, they might have some more. So if you've got thoughts on deodorant, share them. Deodorant preferences? Yeah.
0: Likes? Dislikes? Yeah. We want to hear it. And uh, just to circle back for a second, I, I don't actually go to lots of weddings and, and sweat so much that so I can't catch a big case. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you've said it, and I don't want to question things you have said, so let's just assume it was real.
0: All right. Well, let's head over to our listener mailbag.
2: And I want to give um, a big shout out to both Michelle and Ariel, who so far are the only two people who have written in about bod pods. You may remember my oh, yes. enthusiastic plea to um, tell me your bod pod experience. And those are the two I've heard from so far. doesn't mean more haven't come just in the time I've been sitting here talking. And this was from the episode of uh, How to Measure Obesity. Yes. And um Michelle wrote a very long email about her bod pod experience that I'll just read some of. Um, just because I think there's some kind of cool, I don't know, factoids about how it all goes down. She writes when she used the Bob Pod. Uh, you wear either a bathing suit or bike shorts and a sports top. No loose clothing. And you have to put a cap over your hair. And you step on a scale first, which is connected to the Bob Pod. Then the technician opens the door and you step in and sit on the little bench seat inside. The door closes and you sit there, hold still, and breathe. The Pod makes some pinging, popping, and slight hissing noises as the air pressure is adjusted. The test works by slightly under-pressurizing the air inside the pod, and it gives you not a BMI, but the actual percentage of your body fat broken out by both weight and percent of total body composition. Uh, she's done this twice, two weeks apart, so she could see a difference between uh, weight when she was in her menstrual cycle, and basically there is no real difference. But she's also done a bioelectric test where um, you just stand in front of a technician. The technician enters your height, age, and sex. You step on a scale, and then the scale gives you a series of numbers starting with weight, Then percentage body fat, percent lean, and muscle mass. And it also tells you uh, your metabolic age. And apparently Michelle has the metabolism of a 12-year-old. But she's not 12. I'm not going to say how old she is on the podcast. But she's a mom of two. Um, But basically, the point of these emails is that both of these tests were far more accurate than BMI. And in her experience, if you calculated the BMI, you would then subtract a few numbers to get a more accurate picture of body fat. So
0: Cool. Well, thanks, thanks Michelle and Ariel, for brightening my
2: day, as promised.
0: And always, you should uh, send us your thoughts as well at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And during the week, you should go to our blog, How To Stuff. And if you would like to read, do men and women need different deodorants? Will deodorant give you breast cancer? Do natural deodorants work? All sorts of deodorant-related articles you can find. A veritable library of information on HowStuffWorks.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? So here's something that some of you might find shocking.